Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, the podcast where we interview operators, owners, vendors, key players in the nursing home space, where we bring you insights from their experience, knowledge, and talent to help you better operate and even understand what it means, this mystical world of nursing home care. My guest today is David Weiss. David is the on-demand CEO. He is a healthcare knowledge expert, manages mergers, acquisitions, and we're about to hear a whole lot more. David, welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you, Shmuel. Really an honor to be a part of this. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for taking some time and, and coming on here. Before we jump too far in, for our listeners who don't know you, maybe they've seen some of your content on LinkedIn, maybe they've worked with you, can you give us the brief overview of your professional career and how it has brought you to what you're doing today? Sure. So I would say about 20 plus years ago, I uh, fell into healthcare. My background really is in special education. Um, I was running group homes and starting uh, some day hab services for certain non-for-profits out in Brooklyn, actually. And, um, you know, I really just fell into it. I, you know, it's interesting. Anything that I did was always something new. You know, I was always starting the new group home, the new project, the new program, new license, you know, service that needs to get up and going. And um, I had an opportunity to join a group out in Queens to uh, help with their marketing efforts in their facilities. And, um, you know, 17 years later, I was still there and uh, learned this whole uh, business of uh, assisted living and home care um, through those 17 years. And, um, yeah, it was real exciting. You know, it's, it's been an interesting journey because, you know, I knew nothing about this space whatsoever when I first started. And it's such a tremendous lesson for anyone that's starting out right now. You know, if, if you have a passion about doing something, you know, just uh, if you're working in the right place and you know what direction you really wanted, what, what you want to personally accomplish, you know, sky's the limit, you know, sky's the limit. So um, you're in special ed and you're running these programs and you've somehow you've made the crossover to the crazy world of nursing homes. How did that happen? Interesting. So I, uh, this is, you know, I've never, and I've been encouraged by certain people on LinkedIn. It's, you know, by the way, I hope you don't mind me going off a little bit, but the the power of this platform is incredible because you have to learn to get out of your comfort zone and, you know, to talk about yourself in public and, you know, talk about your journey. And there's people out there that have encouraged me to, you know, Brian Wallace introduced me to you and, uh, Mm -hmm. other, other, uh, what we would call influencers on this uh, platform. And thank you, Brian. Get at it to get out of your comfort zone. So, you know, talking about my journey is something that I'm being encouraged to do. So I was, you know, I'll, uh, I guess basically I, I, I started 
you know, I, I, I moved to, I'm not from New York originally, you know, I, I'm from Miami actually. And I moved to New York and uh, I was in graduate school and I got married and um, started a regular three, you know, nine to five type of job in a group home. And um, right away they saw certain things that I was able to do within that group home um, programmatically. And there was a new group home opening up and they asked me to go in there and help them get started. And I did. Um, and then soon after the same organization was starting a new service called, um, it was like a, it, it, it was like a form of home care for special needs. Um, it was called ResHab back then. Um, so I started this ResHab program for them and, you know, it, it just, it, it, from there, you know, building these types of programs, um, you know, just continued this journey in, in that, in that space. And, with, within five years, I was with this organization um, running group homes and building their day habs. And one day I got a call from my father-in-law, actually, and he asked me, he says, hey, you know, I know someone that's looking for a marketing position in this facility. Maybe you want to look into it. So I went for an interview and um, met with the operators. And, you know, I took a chance because here I was, you know, young married guy with three kids, you know, I was 29 years old at the time. Maybe you can figure out what my age is like. Um, and, um, and the operator said, listen, you know, and this is the opportunity I have for you, you know, and uh, we're looking for someone to come in where we're really behind in our beds and we need to revamp how we're doing things here. And this could be a great opportunity for you. So did a lot of thinking and spoke to some people that I, that I knew and, and I jumped into it. And, and I think, you know, the biggest the two biggest lessons I learned when I first started was, um, you know, I took a big cut to take the job. You know, I took like a, like a $20,000 a year cut to take the job. And the operator said to me, listen, in six months from now, if you do A, B, and C, okay, you're going to be making more than what you're making right now. I said, okay. So I took the, I jumped in and within six months, he literally walks into my office and he said, okay, I'm, I'm jumping you up. To this amount i was like wow i said that's amazing he said yeah you know i said but i i didn't even finish the things you asked me to do he says you don't have to be perfect you know you're doing you're doing 80 percent of it that to me is is more important and it was a big eye opener for me because i never had an incentive to get something done you know moving into this and then and then on top of that not being perfect in what you're doing you know um and throughout those first six months, I was very careful. Like I didn't want to step on people's toes. I didn't want to come in there like I like I was it, you know. Um, and you have to learn to work within an an organization that is already operating in in a, in a, in a way that you know you don't want to be too uh, overbe overbearing, you know. You don't want and, to be a hostile takeover. Yeah, you don't want to be hostile. And you know, look, the truth is. You know, I, I'm, I hustle, you know, I, I take, I'm, I'm not afraid to take on new things. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I've, that I've worked on for many, many years, meaning, you know, when the department of health would walk into the facility, I would run, you know, and that's when I knew I needed to not run that, that that's when I knew I needed to work on. I ended up becoming the go-to person for all the, for the facilities when the department of health walked in eventually, you know, 
Um, that is awesome what you're saying right there because we find this time and time again times it ties into the other podcast the love your nine to five show is that a lot of times if you want to identify your strong points is the areas that you run away from the most those sometimes can be the areas that you're the strongest at sometimes yeah when there's that gut feeling when you have that tightness in your chest of that thing that you just don't want to do that's what you got to do that's what you got to jump in and do and that that was a major you know hurdle for myself at a very at a at a young age you know back then, and I made a lot of mistakes you know I made a lot of mistakes and I learned from them. Um, I have this thing where you just like you make a mistake you drop it down you know and you just don't lose that mistake and try to apply it to the next time something comes around. Just you have to really be honest with yourself to make sure that what you the mistake that you made can get fixed by applying the next scenario to what you learned from that. And, okay. Know. So, so uh, what I'm getting, thank you for sharing that. So what I'm getting is that you, you've started your career in a caring space. It was special education, uh, special education in a home setting, and then from marketing to coming into the nursing home space and then oh, and right. understanding corporate structure and you learned so much about yourself, like you just described, how you like starting new things, you enjoy taking on new challenges, you will understand what the caring uh, space, and also the structure of companies, how you just can't come in, even if you think you're the smartest person in the room, and just say, okay, this is how we're doing it. You have to kind of build your way up within an organization in order to be, in order to be really effective. Now, Let's just fast forward for the sake of time to where you are today. What do you do right now? And how did what we just discussed segue into what that is? Yeah, so listen, you know, you, you brought up a very good point because y you have to understand if you're in healthcare today, you have to really be there for the, your mindset has to be for the right reasons because if you're not doing it for the right reason, you're just, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get burnout or you're just going to find a new career because it's about quality of care. It's about taking care of that patient. It's about taking care of the family. Whatever you're doing in healthcare, whether it's in a nursing home, an assisted living, home care, hospice, hospital setting, any therapy service, you're taking care of that patient. And the patient has to be the real reason why you're doing what you're doing, even in marketing. Today, marketing, you know, it's no longer you can walk in with a box of donuts to a social worker and ask for referrals. It doesn't work like that anymore. It's about what are you going to do to make sure that my patient is safe, whether no matter what you're in. So when it comes to structure and these, you know, most of the, the way healthcare is going today, everyone is going in this, you know, has tremendous amounts of facilities that they're operating around the country, um, servicing thousands of patients within two or three different regions in one state for home care. So there has to be a structure, okay? Um, and most, and you can relate to this in, in the nursing home. Most of the, most of the nursing home operators are operating through a back office, you know, in a holding company or in a management company, in a corporate office. And the boots on the ground are in the 24 different facilities in Florida, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Texas, wherever, wherever the, the wherever they're they're operating, mm -hmm. the holding company is has a vision, and they have they they know how they want to operate their facilities. Okay, so there's so many different layers in in that in the, in in how to operate those facilities, not just with the, the the back office, you know, part of it, 
but also the culture and 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 the types of services and 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 the type of people you want working for that company because you know it's for marketing purposes everyone is going to want to know how this company how this nursing home this assisted living so how this home care is going to take care of their of their loved one so if, if the holding company is creating all these processes about how to function you know on on the four or five major components of operating these facilities and the people the boots on the ground whether it's you know the administrator to the director of patient services to social workers to the food service directors to the you know to the home health aides the cnas the lpns if they don't know what that is if they don't know what that vision is if they don't understand how that's going to work and it's not clear they're just going to be confused and stuck in the mud you know so structure is very you know when we talk structure we're not talking about a ceo and a cfo and a coo we're talking about you know executing a vision coming from the top everything starts from the top everything is starting from ownership from leadership but if if ownership is not creating that vision down to the lowest level and back up and everyone knowing exactly what direction this company wants to go and where they how they want to get there not just with the business but also with the type of services that they want to provide whether it's going to be innovative whether it's going to be you know more tech savvy or you know or more patient centered or more holistic type of you know a, a more holistic type of approach all of this has to be communicated you know from the top because then you know the administrator running the facility out in pennsylvania might not know that and they might be bringing in the wrong types of patients that are the back end cannot bill for or get the payments for or service for or whatever it is and it gets very it gets very confusing okay so you're sharing the importance of having a structure and and structure brings up those types of charts that so many of us have seen and what you're explaining to me seems more like the flow of information, the flow of vision up and down the organization, as opposed to something that's so solid and rigid and you have to make sure that you CC all the right people in the emails and this person you call and this person you text and this person you email, this person you leave alone and uh, I'm higher than you on the food chain. But it's more that there's somebody invests a lot of money in any company and there's someone who is supposed to know what they're doing with the company and created some sort of vision, some sort of goal, and that every person, every level should be operating efficiently based on that framework which the company created. So now David comes in as the on-demand CEO, bringing this back to you. I know you're pushing, me, pushing it away, but you come in as the on-demand CEO. Who hires you and what do they hire you to do? So I can come into a company that is either hit a ceiling, they've, they've hit a certain ceiling okay. uh, growth that they're looking to now expand more and they okay. just, they can't do it internally because they got so much going on and the structure that they created was, you know, they went from, you know, they went from zero to 60 miles an hour within, you know, very quickly and they're about to hit a wall. So I come in there and work with leadership, okay, to help, take that vision, take that um, understanding of what they want to do and bring it down to the level of operations, to finance, to HR, um, to marketing, okay? Because those are the main components. Without those components, you can't operate any of these businesses. And, and, you know, 
you have to really work with leadership to make sure that you have the right people, you know, in, in those roles. Um, so I'll work with leadership to, to make sure that those roles are appropriate. And it could be that the person in that particular role that's working there right now just needs to be onboarded, you know, um, because the person, you know, coming in doesn't know how to do it. You know, it could be, you know, a lot of the problems that you see, especially in the nursing homes, that these management companies are coming in and buying out other management companies and the nursing home administrators are still there. So it just creates a whole, a whole confusion. So I come in there, work with the management company and leadership, say, okay, this is how you want to work. This is how they were working. Let's bring them together and create this vision that they are swimming in those same lanes with so that they can execute what you want done on the way that they want to do it. So you're bringing in the types of patients that you want to bring in, you know, that you're, you're, you're marketing the way that you want to market your, 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 your operations is running the way it should be run. It should be running. Got it. So um, you bridge, you bridge the gap, uh, between I bridge the, the gap. between the I people bridge. on the top of the vision and the boots on the ground. Now just changing paces here a little bit. You have uh, quite a bit of experience in the nursing home and the healthcare space. What do you think is the biggest myth that the guy in the street thinks about the nursing home industry? The biggest myth. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think the, 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 the big, listen, there's so much changes going on now, in, in especially in the nursing home. You know, it, it, the biggest myth. What is the biggest myth in the nursing home? You know, I, I think that if people think that the long-term care in the nursing home industry, it, it's, it's very difficult because now, you know, from what I understand in nursing homes, the short-term rehab, you know, the short-term stuff with all the, you know, the changes going on with the, with the you know, the fee-for-services, it's, 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 it's a big problem for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the collaboration for the nursing homes more with, with the continuum of what's going on outside the nursing home, I think that will, that will, that will help a lot with what's going on, you know, over there. Um, but listen, you know, the, 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 the biggest, the, the, one of the, the, you know, if people think that the nursing homes are just, I think nursing homes in the next 10 years are going to be very, they're going to be small hospitals almost, you know, it's, it's the way that the, the way that the country is going right now. If they aren't already. And if people think that, that the nursing homes are for the little old ladies and we know that, that that's right. not the case anymore. Right. That, because look at, look at, look at, look at, you want to talk about a myth. So the days of nursing home patients staying in a nursing home for as long as they can because there's no place to go um, because they need eye drops, those days are over, you know. So there's, you know, the ALP programs, let's say, like in New York State, solve that problem. Okay, we know that. Um, so, you know, people think that you're going to go to a nursing home and that's it, you're there. You know, it's, it's no, you know, there used to be this, the CCR type of setup, you know, where there's this like, you know, community continuum type of thing in the nursing home. Those days might come back, you know, you never know, you know, because, you know, why should a patient think, why should someone think that a nursing home is that old lady, that, that old, that old person is just going to sit there and stay there for the play bingo for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. They, they have a life too, you know, 
families and patients don't want to be sitting around in a nursing home for the rest of their lives. Well, I'll tell you another myth, which is really exactly what you're saying. And I used to tell this to my staff as an administrator is that the, our residents are not, there's not like the whole world and the whole society plus all the residents of nursing homes. Those people are just, were just people just like us. And they're still are people just like us. Some of the residents actually were sitting around this table 10, 20 years ago in this, you know, we've had previous staff members come back as residents and yeah. that mind shift that it's not us versus them. They are us down the road. We, we don't know if we'll end up in such a situation. And how would you want to be treated if you are a resident, which is very likely that that can happen. Uh, okay. If you don't have the strong enough family support or whatever it is, people have to be there. Sometimes, like you're saying, now it's you know, it could be a short stay, it could be two weeks after a hip replacement, and then go right back home into your active life, hopefully. But that that's a you know a complete mindset where the, you know people think it's like almost like this one way jail. It's like a slow death, which is a, a very depressing and horrific way of so looking it, at you're it. saying such important things because. And I, I started off in the beginning saying, if you're in healthcare, you got to know why you're in healthcare. You know, you're, you know, yeah, you can make a lot of money. We all know that. Okay. But if you're in it only to make the money, then you're, then go to, go to wall street, you know, go do something where, you know, you can just make money because it's really the patient, that family member, listen, I'm in healthcare for a reason. I, I'm, I've been taking care of people my whole life basically. So this is who I am and I love doing what I do because I'm able to help people. And this is where leadership has to understand if you're operating 20, 30 facilities around the country, this message, your core value, your, what you want, this message that you just hit, that's the core. That's the most important piece. Your people working in that facility, no matter who you're hiring on any level, they have to meet those core values of what, this leadership, this company represents, because yeah, I'm I, I'm 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 very happy to hear that that's the message you gave over to your nursing home staff, because that's the key. Without that, you're not going to have a facility. It's the truth, and but if you if if you don't care and you're just doing it, you know, for the money, like you said, you know, that runs out after some time. Now we're wrapping up here. We could probably talk for three more hours or more, but for. You know, we promised that this would be short, sweet, and to the point. Before we wrap up, are there any final thoughts that you would want to share with our listeners before we sign off for today regarding the direction that you see the industry going in the next two to five years? Yeah, so I think two things that are very important to keep in mind for healthcare right now. Data is king right now in healthcare. There is a huge, there's a huge, you know, gold rush to figure out the data um, in healthcare. Um, and there are people out there doing it right now and it, it will be figured out. And the reason why I think data is king is because of the collaboration. Every, when, when a patient has an episode, they start off in the hospital, they start off in the doctor's office, they end up in a hospital, they end up in a nursing home, they go to home care, they end up back into their home. If that patient is not followed in a certain way that everyone is working together and that data that's being shared, that that, that, ha that we have access to, if we can't work together to take that data to try to prevent that patient from coming back into that nursing home, everyone's going to lose from it. So the most important thing that I think everyone in healthcare has to understand is that we all have to start working together, not a, like a real partnership, not a partnership like in business, but a partnership for the families and the, and the patients. 
because from the pharmacy to the home healthy, everyone is, is going to be following this patient. And we can be putting in, you know, different procedures or different ways of doing things to prevent so many, um, you know, so many rehospitalizations, readmissions into nursing homes. I mean, everyone knows what the fines are. Everyone knows what the cuts are going to be if, if that's the case. But you need to start looking at that data and you need to be working with that col the collaboration um, around the, the patient um, so that you can give that highest level of care. Um, and that's really where it's going to come from. Got it. Got it. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much, David, for coming on the show today. We really appreciate you sharing some of your experience, being a little bit open and vulnerable with us. Yeah. Um, although we barely, we were nice with you, barely scratched the surface. Yeah, we got but, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot, lots more to, uh, to discuss, but again, really, really great content. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Will. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with all of your friends in the nursing home industry and just tell them to head on over to the nursinghomepodcast.com. In the meantime, head on over to iTunes. Leave me an honest, wonderful review. Take a screenshot of it and I will send you a gift straight and special for you. Again, head on over to iTunes. Leave me an honest review. Take a screenshot of it and send it on over to me on LinkedIn. And I'll be sure that we send something out special just for you. Have an awesome day.